재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 This is Koreascape on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul. Michelle Kang is here once again for another edition of Did You Know? By day, she is with the Seoul Global Center as their communications officer, and she brings us a lot of trivia, history, and facts that sometimes even the Koreans out there didn't know. It's interesting stuff. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kurt. So uh, we're talking about weddings today. Any particular reason we're talking about weddings? It's not really wedding season, is it? It's not, really. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it's a chance to daydream about warmer wedding seasons. Sure, that's, good, that's right. That's a good, good peg. Mm. Um, okay, yeah, so, uh, but there is, there is an actual news peg, right? Because uh, a recent uh, search related to weddings was huge on SEO, on the search engines, right? Mm, that's right. Uh, because of this specific person, um, she's one of those inspirational people in Korea. Her name is Hanbia. Okay. Uh, and she got married actually last November, but the news on her marriage was going viral from last week. Um, Are you familiar with this name? Yeah, I recognize the name. She wrote some book about like working around the world with UNICEF or something like that, right? Uh, That's right. So before she worked for UN or other uh, international organizations, she is a travel writer and Uh a relief worker. And she published best-selling travel books. I do have all these books. Uh, Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Daughter of the Wind, three and a half times around the globe on foot. Or, um, <clears throat> Daughter me. of the Wind is quite a poetic title. It's her it? nickname now. Is it, what's the Korean for that? Parametal. Parametal. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Okay. Right. And another book is Marching Off the Map. So these books are about her story uh, of her quitting her job at the age of 35. And then she traveled alone all around the world, more than 60 countries for seven years from Mm. everywhere, like Africa, um, Middle East, Asia to Alaska. Um, And then she... After she traveled all these countries, she came back home and led the emergency relief team for uh, World Vision in Korea. And then she was appointed by the United Nations as one of the the advisors for UN Central Emergency Response Fund. Mm -mm. And she's 60 years old now. Then uh, she... Tighten the knot with a 67-year-old Dutch relief worker. Ah, there's the wedding angle. I was wondering when we were going to get to the wedding angle. (laughs) Okay, so Mm -hmm. you can marry a little later in life? Sure. All right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this is obviously somebody that she met uh, during her travels, maybe a fellow relief worker. Yes, All right. right. So they met in Afghanistan. Since then, they worked together, basically, uh, all did disaster relief work together in countries like Turkey or um, Iraq. Makes me wonder what the, 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 the wedding is like when the groom is 67 and uh-huh. the bride is a first-time bride at 60. Yes. What do you do? Do you just have the big, and she's famous, they're both a little bit famous. Mm-hmm. Do you have the big old huge wedding or what do you do? No, um, like I said, they actually married last November, but then it was sort of kept a uh, secret. But then it just got public uh, by a newspaper company, I think. Mm. Um, and then, you know, small wedding is a trend. Small, so they kept theirs small? <laughs> yes. Small wedding is the thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Even celebrity couples. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Give me a few celebrities that have had small weddings. 
I'm sure you're a fan of Ihori. I am. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ihori married Lee Sang-soon at her house on Jeju Island. Okay. That was sort of the beginning of all this small wedding, I think, of celebrity couples. And another couple, Lee Na-young and Won Bin, they're all movie stars. And they tied a knot in a wheat field. A wheat with, field. Mm-hmm. Did they run across it to each other? <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but with only immediate family members and a few friends. Okay. Um, and Han Bia, she uh, held a very intimate private wedding at a church in Seoul with family and friends only. But um, they didn't forget the gifts for the, the guests of the wedding. They gave the guests gifts. Yes. Is that typical? No. Uh, it's been a thing for a been? while. Yeah, for a long time, All actually, right. yes. So, uh, these newlyweds gave guests a gift of salt and sugar. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, uh, that's, yeah. is, what's the significance of that? So, it symbolizes, they will, they publicly, publicly promise they will leave as sweet as sugar and savory as salt. <laughs> okay. May your French fries never be bland again. <laughs> sure. All right. Right. So uh, you just asked me, gift giving to guests, uh, wedding guests especially, has been a trend or not? It's been a when trend. When would you say roughly that mm. started? Um, from the 50s. Okay. So mm. basically throughout modern post-war Korea. Yes, that's, that's right. That's a long time in, right. my, in my world. Mm-hmm. But um, so the, the, it's like a little... A token. It's it's not a a major gift of value necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's just some little thing that kind of shows right. the thought. Yes, that's right. Well, in general, in Korea, gift giving is very common, isn't it? Mm. Um, different occasions, different presents. Yeah. Uh, especially New Year, Lunar New Year's Day is coming up, mm. and then the Chuseok, such holidays, you can see all these packaged gifts. <laughs> so if you, uh, you your, your wedding lines up with Chuseok, mm. maybe you can give out those Chuseoki kind of things to your uh, guests? No, not really. No? I, think, I guess not. It's a separate gift right. item. But, um, well, gift sets for these uh, holiday occasions, these are like toiletries, like toothpaste, toothbrush. <laughs> Have you ever received any of these gifts? Not at a wedding. Oh, not at a wedding, though, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, at a jiptri uh, kind of thing. You know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's nice. Okay. Uh, but I, to be honest, I've never, I've never heard of the idea until now of the bride and groom giving out uh, mm. gifts to the the visitors. Okay. Um, I, obviously, I know about the um, the congratulatory money that you give to the bride and groom. Right, right. But I've never heard of getting anything back. Mm. Uh, well, I think. Koreans really cherish this virtue of giving um, mm. and then taking gift. And then uh, in times of trouble or happiness, especially at workplaces, Kurt, if you want to just um, show a little gesture of appreciation, you would just give, even though it's a small gift, like a drink, uh-huh. you would just give it to the person you want to thank to. Um, and then if you are invited to a Korean friend's house, Yes. Bring a gift. And then if you are invited to a baby's first birthday party, then bring a gift. Isn't a gift or is it just, again, the congratulatory money kind of thing? It could be that money. But if you are really invited to a baby's first birthday party, then most people would just go to a jewelry shop. Now, that wouldn't have occurred to me. I brought like a picture book to my friend's mm. um Thing. It was a gift for the child when the child eventually could start reading a little bit. 
Yeah. Um, but I didn't think about getting jewelry. <laughs> What am I getting for this kid? Uh, Korean birthday babies would just like a hip-hop star. They can show off flashy Little bling golden bling rings. Baby. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Traditionally, Korean babies would get their first jewelry uh, as a gift on their first birthday party. Uh, it was a About three or four gram, uh, 24 carat baby size gold ring. But really? because, you know, gold prices soared. So nowadays, just more affordable one gram gold rings or a silver lost child necklace could be uh, another option. Yeah. And that's, that's, you got to be pretty close to this, this family and the baby to be buying gold for the, the baby at the first year. Mm. This is not like a casual relationship. You know, you're, Your sunbay or something like that, you know, and you're buying gold rings for the kid. Uh, or, or are you? Right, not really acquaintances, but if you're uh, close enough, then it's just uh, like family members right. or relatives, and then close friends would just give this golden ring as a gift. Okay, good um, to know. Yeah. But like you just mentioned earlier, a tradition, it's a tradition. Guests would give cash gifts to the couple, right, uh, who are getting married on the day of wedding. But uh, that's not changed. But gifts for wedding guests have changed over generations. What was like the uh, furthest back, you know, mm. type of gifts that you would give? Okay, so... Well, People used to um, have their weddings in their houses, yep. even right after the Korean War. Excuse mm-hmm. me. <clears throat> There was no proper wedding venue, so people just had their marriages at home. But there was a wedding hall in the 50s. Uh, there is a specific wedding hall, Jungno Wedding Hall, but it was just a hall with some chairs. That's it. But it was so popular because the newlywed could get a wedding photo there. Mm-hmm. And between the 50s and 60s, Grooms started to wear a suit, modern, um, like Western style suit, but then brides would wear a white hanbok with a veil. Hmm. Um, and then in the 60s and 70s, lots of wedding halls were opening up, and then brides would choose a white wedding dress, as we see now. Like a Western style. Yes. Yeah. Um, but whether it was held in the city or in the countryside, a wedding was a party for the entire village. Mm-hmm. Um, in the 60s, Still, invited guests would prepare cash gift, and then the newlyweds would prepare gifts for the guests, and they were mostly food, um, like glutinous rice cake or t a p s a l t o If you're the bride and groom mm-hmm. in these old-style weddings where basically it's a village event, is it on you to mm. feed everybody the way, you, like in a modern wedding, you kind of have to feed everybody that comes? Yeah, like reception, right? Right. Yeah, right. But so the, mm. those numbers get pretty big. Uh, I think so. But as uh, separate from this reception, uh, the newly was, was prepared some little gift for the guests mm. as well. Right. right. So one option was um, this glutinous rice cake or t a p s a l t a k or sponge cake called a kastela. Called a? Ka- in Korean, kastela. Kastela. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'm unfamiliar with that word. Oh, really? Um, okay. Thought I'd heard every word for rice cake, but apparently not. Mm, so you might be wondering why glutinous rice cake, right? Is, is, it, is it a rice cake or is it... Which one? Kastela? The kastela thing. Oh, it's a sponge cake. Sp- oh, okay. Now okay. I get it. Mm. Got it. So two different options. One is rice cake, traditional rice cake. And mm. the other one is this sponge, sort of Western dessert uh, okay. sponge cake. Understood. Mm-hmm. Now I've got my wedding cakes and uh, gifts, edible gifts all sorted out there. <laughs> What's the deal with, uh, I mean, it seems like various kinds of rice cakes perform different uh, mm. functions at 
all sorts of Korean holidays. Uh, right. Anything specific about a, a wedding context? Um, I think I have to tell you this story. I don't I think I've ever told you this story of uh, Gyeonwoo and Jingyeo. Okay. Okay. Um, it's... These two are from a Korean folktale. A shepherd boy and a daughter of king in heaven loved each other, but they got separated by the king, who didn't really approve their love. So they were they had to leave far away across the Milky Way, but they were allowed to see each other once a year a across the Milky Way. Right, only on a July seventh on lunar calendar. Okay. Uh, but then they couldn't really see each other because they were so far apart. And they cried, cried, cried. Uh, a flood of tears turned into a big rainstorm. The birds actually wanted to help them uh, to reunite. So they were flying like head to head, shoulder to shoulder. All these like birds, crows and magpies, they made a bridge. And then finally this couple met and then they shared this glutinous rice cake. Since then, maybe, uh, people actually believed you share or eat rice cake or tapsal dog with your loved ones. That's lovely. Yeah. This should be an animated movie. Have they, have they made animated versions of this? They must have made films or whatnot of this. Oh, no films, not that I know of, yeah. but maybe animation. Picture books and stuff sure, like that. Sure, right. Our PD is pulling up all kinds mm-hmm. of drawings of uh, these two Milky Way estranged lovers and the, the bridge of magpies that uh-huh. they're walking across. Yes. It literally is magpies connecting right. to make their bridge. Mm-hmm. That's kind of neat. <laughs> uh, what's up with the sponge cake, the castera you're talking about? Okay. Um, this is a very sweet, uh, kind of moist sponge cake made with egg and then honey and sugar. Uh, well, beef in the 50s, people really liked this dessert, I think. So to receive this cake, if guests would, would just stand in a long queue, Even though you're not really invited, you would just tag along your family member who is invited to this wedding and then stand in a line. <laughs> I don't know who they are, but they got Castella kids. <laughs> yes. Get in line. Right. Yeah. Um, Castella, it's pronounced Kasutera in Kasutera. Korean. Right. It's a long rectangular sponge cake. This is from Japan, and of course, it was brought to Japan by Portuguese. Okay. Um, in Portuguese, the original name means bread from Castile of Spain. Mm. Um, and then Portuguese started trade and missionary work, and they baked Castella cake there. And Japanese people loved it, and they started making on their own. It came to Korea, and then people loved this new dessert. Okay. Uh, before this Castella bread, people, Korean people would call um, Western sort of desserts Soyang Tok, Western rice cake. But ever since this Castella was introduced, people actually say Castera. Castera. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like um, <clears throat> pound cake. You know, pound, do you know what pound cake is? Yeah, Yellow, yeah, yeah. so very dense. Sure. Uh, is, it, is it heavy like that? No, it's fluffy. It's um, really, really soft. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've had this. Maybe I have. You I've got pictures have. of it up again. It, it reminds me, the visual is like pound cake. Right. Can you just walk into your chain bakery and sure. get this nowadays? Or even any convenience store. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> My pinajum castera. <laughs> All right. Um, th- there's a funny story behind this uh, origin of this name, castella, though. You okay. know, Japanese people cannot pronounce L sound in alphabet. Right. Right. Okay. That's why it, it's originally castella, but it's casutera. Right. Or kasutera in Japanese. Um, there's a sto- this story. A European merchant, a Dutch merchant, actually treated a Japanese guy this bread. Um, and he really enjoyed it. And after he finished it, he asked 
what is it? And he was just pointing at the dish. And there was a drawing of a castle. Uh-huh. So the Dutch guy said, castle in Dutch. That's Castella. Castella. So, yeah. It's just a theory. We have a Dutch intern. I'm going to go verify oh, okay. with that. All right. Verify that with him after. <laughs> Castella. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's the story of Castera, mm-hmm. originally a wedding treat that people would stand in line even if they didn't know the married couple. Nowadays, you get it at the Pionejom. Sure. It's democratized. <laughs> so that's um, early days, kind of like post-war-ish times, right? Yes. And even earlier. Then more changes around, say, the 70s. Yeah, that's right. The government actually announced the Simplified Family Right Standards. Uh, that was in 1973. It was to curb excessive consumption in family events. Mm-hmm. Wedding, of course, and funeral or ancestral ritual uh, or 70th or 80th birthdays. That's a huge deal here in Korea. Um, so according to the new rules, engagement ceremonies, no. And sending out invitation was not allowed. Okay. And, and a wedding reception was not allowed. Uh, before this uh, new standards was introduced, very luxurious weddings prevailed. So anyways... Well, uh, the, the thinking behind this was, hey, we've got to really buckle down and build the country kind of thing? Yeah. All right. Right. Mm. Um. Uh, well, there was some wedding that was held in a hotel, really expensive hotel, something like that. So the government actually wanted to curb this um, consumption. And this is the time that wedding ceremonies were sort of sort of um, shortened. 20-minute, 30-minute ceremony. And that has from, lingered to this day yes. <laughs> in many ways, hasn't it? Right. Um, so very practical and low-priced items were given as a gift. There were mini pocket planners or calendars, handkerchiefs or pens. There Simple. Were, mm-hmm. mm. And uh, when you visited a Korean friend's house, have you noticed the bathroom towels? They have all these phrases printed on them? I never have. I oh, don't think no. so. Oh, uh, no. I've seen like this or that brand name or what have you. But, oh, okay. Yeah. What kind of phrase would be printed on a bath towel? Um, Like, Baby's first birthday party or a parent's 70th birthday party. Ah, is, are those gift, gifts that they These got? These are gifts. So in the uh, 80s, coming to the 80s, a traditional wedding is completely replaced by a modern white wedding. And towel sets were a very popular gift. They're monogrammed with the occasion. Yes, so right. You can, as you step out of the shower, you'll remember exactly the Every joy time. you felt that day. Right. I just talked to the producer um, last week and then I don't remember personally. I don't remember we bought towels recently. So it's kind of out of fashion now. I mean, no, no, no. Like I we constantly receive all these towels. Oh, I see. Mm. Because you're getting so many as gifts. That they're um, you're not necessarily buying them for yourself, right? Right. Our PD is telling me she can't remember the last time she bought a towel. Yeah, there's so many gift towels around. Mm-hmm. Why should I shop for my own? <laughs> okay, right. I think most Koreans w- wouldn't really buy towels. I think. Well, and after the uh, towel sets, newlyweds offered gifts like t- toothbrush, toothpaste, just exactly that Chuseok or a uh, New Year holiday gift. Oh, oh, it's a wedding is kind of like a jiptri in a way, right? Yeah, because like, hey, you're gonna need these things. Mm-hmm. And you probably, in past eras, maybe you didn't have as much money. So, you know, why not get those consumer goods? Mm -hmm. But then Korea got wealthy, right? By 90s-ish, late 80s, 90s. This this place is starting to make some serious money. Mm. But, and then there was 
this IMF uh, period. Ah, yes. Yes. But so, that's late 90s. Prior mm, to that, people mm, were kind of high rollers, weren't they? Uh, that's right. But um, coming into the 90s, people actually wanted to find something more interesting than just practical um, daily necessities, I think. Uh, a throwback to the 90s. You had a beeper, right? I, I'm not quite that old. Okay. I never had a beeper. Okay. But, um, you know, I did have pretty clunky mobile phones okay. and stuff like that. All right. But um, so people got beepers? Yeah, okay. here in Korea. Really? Uh, it was introduced um, in 1982. That's but interesting. But then by 1997, almost every Korean owned a beeper, including myself. Did you? Yeah. Okay, so it's not an age thing. It's just uh, <laughs> what the, the market preferred. Mm. Maybe. So um, 15 million people actually owned a beeper by that time. Do you think uh, people like the age of Leia, like uh, who is here, Generation Now kind of people, know what a beeper is? Uh, They will know what a beeper is, but probably they don't really know how it works. Right. So if somebody calls your beeper number Mm -hmm. and it beeps. Yeah. (laughs) And that lets you know, oh, hey. I got to call this number. Right. So you leave a callback phone number there. Uh-huh. But in the Korea, well, this was also a messenger of love beeper. So instead <laughs> of just leaving your callback number, people uh-huh. just randomly put some numbers. Uh, they are not r- really random numbers, but they put um, numbers that would look so random, but they have meanings. We've got just a little bit of time left, but okay. give me some of those numbers, an example. Oh, really? Okay, 1004. That's 천사 in Korean, so you would know what it is. 천사. Angel. Ah, uh, yes. Right, and 1010235. Or in Korean, 열, 열, 이, 3, 5. like passionately, so I love you passionately. Who knew that numbers could tell this kind yeah, of story? Yeah, I think I'm going to just talk about this one maybe later. I think we can do this almost as a separate yes. episode, sort of encoded messages of amour as transmitted to the beeper screen. Right. That's a good teaser for a future Did You Know. Michelle, I think we're going to probably have to leave it there. Very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you for having me.